Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. That's why you hear that. We have the interviews from the NRA annual meetings, and we talk a little bit about Republicans acting like Democrats, but, you know, that's not nothing new. So here we go. Brian Bledsoe. If you want to contact us, connect with us on social media. It's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And oh. Whew, it has been a fun couple of days. We were in Atlanta, Georgia for the NRA annual meetings and we have uh, about 10 inter- interviews to play, and I think you will enjoy them. And that's uh, as of right now, we uh, I guess we don't have any other events coming up until next month. But uh, it, it definitely, being my first annual meetings, it was overwhelming. And I'm going to have a lot more in the 
article that will probably come out at the end of the week, um, especially talking about my dad being there and just talking about his experience as long as as well as my experience as well. Um, my mom was there too, and it was her first as well. And we, it was a definitely just a, it, it was a lot to take in, especially if you don't know what to expect, even though you hear, you know, 15 acres of, of um, floor space at the exhibit hall. And you hear how, how big it is but once you walk in and see the how vast and how big it really is and just i mean put it this way my parents were there and they didn't even walk the whole floor and i think they probably maybe walked maybe three-fourths of the floor total and now i was there actually two and a half days uh it was friday saturday and a little bit of sunday and I did walk the floor probably made three or four times. So trying to do math on the fly, <laughs> 15 acres times three, that'd be 45 acres. Well, I don't have anyone to tell me yes or no, but yeah, yeah, 45 acres. So in that case, I mean, I walked like, you know, that much and I definitely felt it <laughs> and it, yeah, it was something else. I, I had my own, I guess, a list of things I was going to look for to purchase if I was, you know, if it was there or whatnot. And I I got some information on some firearms and rifles and shotguns and all that and actually made a purchase. Actually, um, in this first episode, we talked to Stephanie Reese. Uh, from Springfield Armory. So, and that's actually is the the rifle that I purchased online and that I will get um, when I get back to Texas. And I purchased the Springfield Saint, which I was already considering buying that anyway. And given that I already have one um, from Springfield already. And I, when I saw this one last year, I was definitely inter- interested in getting it and just um just kind of wanted some more information before i did go ahead and and um make the decision so and so like i said we talked to her uh, today and we also talked to, to lieutenant colonel alan west and we also talked with marty stonecipher of well-armed woman um the well-armed woman and those interviews will be on today so I just want to just give you my thoughts as far as my time there at the annual meetings. And I was there when uh, President Trump spoke and huh, going just going by the media accounts. It seemed like the only thing he said is that he called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. Like I remember when he said it, I was walking through the Paris area. Um, I was think I would just finish walking through the crowd and I just heard him say, I didn't really catch everything what he said, but I heard him say Pocahontas. And in my mind, I knew who he was talking about. And, um, but even though I didn't hear the context of what he was talking about and just to show, um, 
that was basically what all the media talked about. Oh, President Trump called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas and whatnot. And I mean, you do realize she really isn't Native American. And it was a joke for one. I mean, it's not like she is, like I said, Native American because she's not. Um, there's actually the joke behind that is because, you know, she said that she was. So it really the jokes on her, if anything. So, but that's not how they see it because they love Elizabeth Warren. But, um, you know what? Speaking of Democrats, I want to get to this before I get to the interviews because the budget just was released, I guess, well, on Monday. And, you know, all right, we're going to talk about a little bit of the positive first, even though there's not much of it. Positive, okay, increased defense spending, okay. That's 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 all right. Um, and you know, increase for border security, even though none of it goes towards the wall, and um, and it's just kind of in it. It wasn't the number that that President Trump asked for, so, but it is something. So I guess it's one way of looking at it. On the other hand, still funds Planned Parenthood. I know Paul Ryan said it that it doesn't, but hey, it does. Especially if you just look at it, if it's is it funding Medicaid, and is is Planned Planned Parenthood getting money through Medicaid, then it's then okay, then it's funding Planned Parenthood. So, and just the overall, I guess, the spending in general, and you know, especially talking about this subject as far as the budget. I don't know if I said it here or not, but when it, it seems like, and in this case, I think it's even more so that, you know, when Democrats, progressives or when they're in control or, you know, in the majority of the Congress or whatnot, the progressive liberal agenda hits a fast forward button, you know, for all their policies that they that they want to enact. And if they have all the power, they're going to take advantage of it. On the flip side of that, when Republicans tend to have, you know, either like now White House majority in both houses, both chambers of Congress, um, it tends to just either be a a slowing down of their agenda. They just hit the slow button, if as you say, or they just just pause it. It's not like they move forward with the conservative agenda. No, they just pausing the progressive agenda basically until the next Democrat comes along and then moves from that point. So it just, it's a steady progression and I'm saying it like that. It's a progression <laughs> towards progressivism. Like it is not, it is no going back to conservative ideas. It's just steadily, steadily going to the left. And then when the Republicans are in charge or anywhere, then it just slows down or maybe at, at best it just pauses until the next Democrat comes in. And then it just keeps moving on forward to the left. So, and you know, I, it's not surprising really I mean, I'm just thinking about it as far as 
just overall because one you just have you know a good number i would say the more than the more than 50 percent if not a lot more than that of the republican party and i'm now know i've said this before basically agree with progressive policies basically and either they're just too scared to do anything about it or actually agree either way it's not good and I can and it's not really surprising because you have one party being Democrats they are all for the progressive agenda all for their policies meanwhile in the Republican Party you have fickle weak Republicans who are scared to doing thing about those progressive policies when they are put in. And then you also have the ones who actually just agree and don't want to do anything about it either. Basically these are you, what you would call the rhinos. Um, so, and I'm just thinking about, you know, conservatives don't have the luxury of, not so much in playing the long-term game, put it that way. Progressives do. They can, they can easily just see things from a you know thirty, forty, maybe hundred years out. Really, they can actually play that game. One example would be Obamacare, or just take your pick. Just think of any other federal program that has been implemented and not been repealed or has not gone away. So I'm pretty sure there are progressives out there that was like, oh, you know, they're upset because they're not getting everything done like today, like, you know, when Obama was in, like they didn't get every single thing or they didn't get like talk about Obama with Obamacare. They didn't get single payer or something like that. You may have, some who feel that way, but they can easily just, okay, just get something in. And I'm pretty sure they knew this too. Just get, just get it in. Just get the program in the door. Cause once it's in, it's, it's pretty much near impossible to get repealed. Not because it can't because, but it's because once it gets in, then the people get hooked on it like a drug, basically. (laughs) And then you have the people on the other side who are too scared of the people um, to do anything about repealing it because they, I would say they just don't believe in their, the ideas that they claim to campaign on for one. They said that, okay, Obamacare is this and that, but they're obviously don't believe it because then when they have the chance to do something about it, they don't do it. They just, you know play around the edges of it instead of just repealing the whole whole deal so and like i said for progressives they can play the that long term game because basically progressive ideals are they they are they appeal to to the i guess your your basic I guess emotions in a, in a way they, they appeal to, you know, 
someone who basically is not really thinking logically about it or one that is thinking logically about it and don't care. And so they may put it this way. I, I would say probably in two ways that Democrats would, um, I guess, I guess get policy. I guess to get um, some sort of support for their policies is that they will mention, I guess, one of two things. They'll say either you are entitled to something or um, nothing is your fault. Put it that way. (laughs) And that's basically it. Like they'll say like, well, it's okay. Someone's holding you down. Like what is the man or the rich or whatever. And you're entitled to whatever. And you deserve something for free or something from the government or whatever. You deserve something that you didn't earn or something that you, you should, yes, you should think you earn, but basically you didn't earn it, but goes back to that sense of entitlement. They would use that. And that argument can be used to the end of time. I mean, you could, they can use that argument like for anything. And so by, by seeing it that way, let's say for instance, like Obamacare, you could just, you just wait it out. You can wait out on either things getting worse or, and, or, and, or the opposition just, um, caves like like they're doing right now and there you have it then that's obamacare just continues to goes on on and on and then we go on to a to not to repeal the program but to fix the program that's what it's it's turning out to be and now that's what they're saying now now they want to just fix it now as opposed to all that rhetoric they were talking about as far as repealing so so with the so the Democrats, they could just sit back and just well, we could just either wait for it to get really bad, and then we can just say, well, this is broken, and and go back to the saying that either insurance companies are screwing you, and you are entitled to health care because they keep pounding that false myth lie that you are entitled to health care you are entitled to get health care paid for by someone else not pay for it yourself at least it's you know it's never your responsibility it's always the state's responsibility to take care of you that's basically what they was what they tell and a lot of people eat that up we see it all the time it happens all the time so and that that way of thinking that it go it will go on to the end of time there is no i can't see a time where you're not going to have a good a good number of people that feel like you know it's somebody else's fault 
I'm entitled to something. <laughs> like you're going to always have a good number of people that feel that way. And progressives are going to always take advantage of that. So that's my rant. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I mean, that budget kind of got me, got me on that kick, I guess. So, all right. So we're going to, um, like I said, we're going to talk with, uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Reese with Springfield Armory. And, um, so she talked about the history of Springfield and, and talked about the saint. And like I said, that was the firearm that I, I just purchased and can't wait to get my hands on it when I get back to Texas. So, um, here's the interview with Stephanie. Stephanie Reese with uh, Springfield Armory. And um, what's your official title? I'm uh, PR and Communications Manager. All right. So um, I just um, want to ask as far as the history of Springfield and just uh, everything, in, I guess, in detail. Sure. So uh, Springfield Armory was started by uh, the U.S. government uh, in the revolution during the Revolutionary War uh, or shortly thereafter. And... Um, then it was actually dissolved in 1968, and you know what? I actually do not know why. I'm sure they just were thinking, you know, it's kind of run its course. So in 1968, the government put up the rights to the name Springfield Armory for sale. And so in 1974, our family came along, the Reese family came along, and um, actually purchased the rights to the name Springfield Armory and began manufacturing um, as Springfield Armory, Inc. So... Um, we began with building rifles, and the M1A was, you know, the first rifle that we were beginning uh, and producing. And then it was in the 80s when we decided to take on the 1911s and really tried to hone in on uh, really making a good quality 1911. So I'm trying to think. I think our first... Oh, you know what, if this is on the record, I'm not exactly sure. I, I want to say our first was the range officer, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> so, so, uh, trust me, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a novice myself. Yeah, no, so, that's right. Trust, so. uh, when, if you saying as far as numbers, models, and all that, I'm, it's, now, for the people that are listening, they probably are, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Me, personally, I'm right. No, that's okay. So, well, just generally speaking, we, we started building 1911s and uh, really built up a great name for ourselves um, for quality 1911s at a great price. Uh, and really, they're still some of my favorite guns that we currently manufacture today. And then moving on from that, in about 2000, I think it was 2001, we uh, started making polymer pistols. We entered into the polymer market, which is the XD, which you have. So do you have the original XD, or is it the Mod I have a 911 XD. I told the person earlier, all I know, I have a 9mm XD. Yeah. The model, I could not tell you, to be honest with you. Does it have anything? Actually, I can help you. Is there is there anything on the grip? Like, does it say does it say grip zone? No. Okay, so it's not a mod two. Does it have aggressive grip texturing, or does it look more like? Um, is it uh, like? Does the grip stand out to you? I guess. Um. Well, for me, any grip stands out to me. Yeah, but I'll, that's true. Yeah, yeah like yeah. a grip. Well, you either it sounds like you either have an XDM or original XD. So okay. Just, no, so there you go. Okay. Just for your own okay. knowledge, but um. So, our XD um, was actually um, originally the HS2000. So it was a Croatian-made pistol, and we saw. So actually, HS was a, a firearm manufacturing company, and they tried to introduce what they were calling the HS2000 um, to the U.S. market. 
around that time. And for all, you know, all intents and purposes, it really wasn't doing very well. You know, I kind of want to hesitate to say it, it kind of failed, but it just it didn't really hit the U.S. market in the way that they wanted it to. And uh, we really saw an opportunity to kind of come in and um, and reintroduce it in in a much more U.S. specified way. So we we definitely didn't just take it as the HS2000. We co-engineered with them and we we revamped it quite a lot. We um, redid some of the internal features of the gun. We made it more robust. And we just, you know, we we really took a look at what the U.S. market was really needing at that time and really kind of made sure and we, we adapted the gun to that. And so with that, uh, the Springfield Armory XD was born. We actually still co-engineer and collaborate with HS in Croatia, so that's why all of our XD polymer pistols have Croatia on our guns. So, but it is a co-engineering process, so um, it's a it's a collaborative effort, if you will. Um, okay. Well, yeah. you know, um, actually. The next, I guess, firearm I'm thinking to purchase is the Springfield Saint. So the Saint. Tell, tell me oh, about perfect. It. Well, and that is the perfect time to bring that up. Because <laughs> so we really, you know, 2001 was when we came out with the XD line. That's when we started that, and we had several, you know, variations of that over the next few years. But it wasn't until 2017 in November when we launched a very new platform, which you know we hadn't been new to an entire platform in quite some time. So in 2017, we launched the AR-15, our Saint, which is an amazing rifle. I mean, I know I'm obviously biased. <laughs> However, I will say, it for for the money, it is an incredible, ready-to-go, out-of-the-box AR-15 that you don't have to accessorize. You don't have to mod out. Just ready to go. You get a great trigger. Um, do you want me to go over the features of the gun? or you want me to... Sure. Okay. So it has a 16-inch melanite barrel with a 1 and 8 twist to accommodate different ammo weights. Um, it has a mid-length gas system. It has a Springfield Armory rear dual flip-up aperture. Uh, sorry, Springfield Armory. So it's our site. It's manufactured by us. Springfield Armory rear flip-up dual aperture sight. So you can actually flip it down or you can add a different um, optic if you want. You can co-witness. It's, it, the, the nice thing about that is that you can flip it down so you can use it or not use it. Um, it has premium Bravo Company furniture on it. So they make the trigger guard, the pistol grip. The hand guard is actually exclusive from BCM for us on the Saint. They make the, the butt stock. Um, let's see, but the trigger is my absolute favorite part. I think if anyone that would be listening to this has seen me any do any YouTube videos about this, that is what I always say because it's really light, crisp, and clean, and it doesn't have... It has virtually no creep on the trigger pull, um, and it's a nickel boron coated GI single stage trigger. <laughs> there you go. That's a mouthful. <laughs> so yeah, and now we just came out with our California compliant version. So anyone that would be in the California market looking to purchase, you don't have to have a bullet button anymore, which is amazing, and you can still be legal. I'm, I'm just thinking about California compliant. I mean, what is that? Just a, a piece of a piece of iron? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's basically a gun that fires water. It's a water gun. That is what that is. <laughs> and I can say that because I live in the state of California. So, you know, much love to everyone who lives there. But, I, you know, we all know the struggle. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so the uh, general question I've asked everyone um, is why protecting the Second Amendment is so important? Ooh. 
Well, you know, it's what our great nation was founded upon. I think it's one of the one of the things that really makes us unique as a nation that we allow our citizens to have you know that that right to protect ourselves and I really think that sets us apart and I think that's really indicative of of who we are as a, a collective unit in this country and so I think you know more liberty more freedom that's what we're all about okay well thank you so much for your time absolutely thank you so much and thank you to Stephanie for joining us and you know if for the people who are listening um, it is a XD just the original XD is not an XDM. I, I didn't know off the top of my head because I didn't have it with me because I'm a truck driver. So I know I don't. <laughs> that's one of the um, unfortunate things about driving that the company I drive for, and most of the major companies, not just this one, but the most trucking companies don't want you driving with the, your firearm, even if you have a license and all that. Um, that's definitely something I will look with. Love to advocate for trying to get more, uh, well, having more, uh, drivers to have the option to carry. So, but um, but that's not the case right now. So anyway, and plus I don't with that because I'm on the road so much. I I'm not able to train nearly as much as I would like to. Um, and so. You know, I'm not trying to make excuses about it because, I, like I said in the interview, I am a novice when it comes to guns. But, yeah, I would love to do more. And actually, when we talked to Dana Lash later on this week, I'll probably talk more about as far as my thoughts after the this, you know, the convention, the annual meetings. And just now, just I really have a more of a understanding and wanting to really um I guess not so much ain't trying to have like a safe full of guns or something like that or have an armory. I mean, if you do, that's fine. Me personally, but I'm just looking to for the weapons that I already have. I would just like to be more proficient in in just knowing what I already have. And I just want to at least start there. Now I might grow from there given the, you know, I will hope to be a lot more educated next year when it's in Dallas, you know, from this point to then. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more interested in wanting to learn more now, especially from all the information that you, you will hear from all these interviews. So, um, the next interview is with Marty Stone Cypher with the well-armed woman. And well, I guess uh, got a chance to speak with her for a couple of minutes and hear the interview with her. We are here with Marty Stonecipher, the National Program Director at Well-Armed Woman. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? All right. So uh, just tell us everything about Well-Armed Woman. All right. So we are a national nonprofit organization. What we do is we train women. So right now we have 350 chapters in 49 states. We're just missing South Dakota with 10,500 members. But what we do is we take each, each chapter does a monthly meeting. It's an hour of instruction in the classroom and an hour on the range with our instructors to teach women and help in, educate, equip, and empower them in the world of firearms. Okay. Um, I definitely just was interested in seeing, you know, your booth here and, and, so, how um, I guess how long have you been, I guess, into the Second Amendment? I guess. 
Well, personally, in the Second Amendment for my whole life, you know, but on the organization side of it, we have been involved since 2013. We started the organization, the chapter side. There is also a retail side, which is our founder's personal business that opened in 2012. Okay. Okay, so, um, well, kind of the, the general question I've asked everyone is, um, I guess, why protecting the Second Amendment is so important? I think anything for our rights. Now, we're, we're a nonprofit, so we, we avoid the two punch of the political side of it, but it is about getting everybody involved in their rights and their rights to self-defense. So, Okay, so um, you're saying that um, you hold seminars or like what type of events y'all um, normally do? So we do our, na- our monthly chapter meetings at each chapter. So the 350 chapters each hold a monthly meeting um, for their ladies, and they do a different topic each time. So it's a like an hour of instruction over a specific topic, and then they take that topic and put it to use on the range to train the ladies is what they do. Okay, and um, where can people uh, f- find you online or social media? Uh, TWAWshootingchapters.org. Okay, and, and oh, that goes across All the board. Across the board. Okay, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And well, as you can tell, that was a, a shorter interview. Um, I, I, personally, I, I'm disappointed in myself, t- to be honest with you, uh, uh, in, in that interview. Now, I wanted to play it because I I do want people to know about the organization, but I'm just saying as far as me, because I, I was not as prepared um, in that particular moment, actually, because if you didn't notice, it was very quiet. But then then again, this is only the second one that you're hearing. But <laughs> a constant theme that you're probably going to notice is that it's going to be a lot of probably you're going to hear a lot of gun clicking um, and a lot of people. And it's gonna, some of these are probably a little loud. I tried to get the noise down as much as possible, but um, uh, but the reason I said that about this particular interview because the exhibit hall just closed. Everybody was going out, and th- we was doing this walking, basically walking out the door after the place is closed. And I didn't have my questions ready, and I it was really rushed, and I was just I didn't I totally just for- forgot what I was going to ask. And yeah, um, but I definitely encourage y'all to you know, especially ladies, if um. Uh, to look them up, the well-armed woman. Um, maybe we might have them back on uh, some sometime. Especially, I, I'm actually would like to get them on more than anything, but just because of how short that interview was. But I, like I said, I, I just wanted to make sure that um, they will that that you would still hear about them, and maybe you're, if you're in, interested in you know going to one of the chapter meetings or whatnot, and so. Yeah, so the um the last interview for today is with Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. And this was actually on Sunday after the National Prayer Breakfast. And um Lieutenant Colonel West was the keynote speaker. And actually he uh was well, he's one of the endorsers of the new Politics book, a clearing call to political activism, which talking about the politics, they are actually back on the book tour and they're in North Carolina, South Carolina right now, in the Carolinas, put it that way. And right now I'm well, I'm making my way to Charleston because now they will be in Charleston, South Carolina on May the eighth, and I hope to be um joining them on that particular date. And as well as on the May 25th at the Heritage Foundation. 
Um, you know what I'm saying? That I, I just uh, today just found out about John, Jim DeMint uh, resigning from the Heritage Foundation. And I know I posted some on Facebook and Instagram well, and Twitter. Just, um, well, just just real quick. Um, Jim DeMint was one of the, no, yeah, one of the only members of Congress uh, I ever liked <laughs> at the time when he was in Congress, I'm saying. Um, because it was back in, you know, 2010. But, like, I didn't, if you don't know, I didn't really get involved until, like, 2008. So I didn't even really get to understand about, like, no other members of Congress outside of my own district. And even then, I was still trying to learn people in my own district, let alone anyone outside of it. But I did know about Jim DeMint and, and just in the, this, uh, I guess in the stories and and how he was fighting for conservative principles as a senator and just seeing that from afar because he was a senator from South Carolina. And I was like, you know, if I lived in South Carolina, I could actually vote for him as opposed to how I normally do. I'm normally voting against someone. I can say I rarely vote for candidates. If, rarely. And that's really rare. I'm saying that because it's rare. But um, um, but Jim DeMint was one that I would would have liked to vote for. But I, you know, didn't have the chance to. And after he left and then he went to become the president at the Heritage Foundation. Um, I've already, you know, I like the Heritage Foundation already. And just but by seeing him join the organization actually kind of intrigued me to actually want to join the, or be a donor to the Heritage Foundation and actually be a seminal for Heritage Action and all that. That just kind of, because, you know, like I said, I already like Heritage, but like, but now they have the one, the one guy that I actually did like in Congress join their organization. I'm like, you know what? I can, I can, I can get with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, um, so like I said, I don't, don't know all the what is it what happened as far as going what's going on um like like i said before on facebook and whatnot i just now just kind of a wait and see right now seeing what they're going with this and now that he's gone and so but um you know that just want to guess a quick aside on that um like i said um oh i forgot how i got on this but um yeah so um, politics will be at the Heritage Foundation on May 25th, and hopefully I'll be there with them as well. And now I just want to get to the interview with Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. And like I said, he endorsed, had a, one of endorsements on the new book as well. And before I get to it, I do want to mention about the founding project right quick before, because I think I want to say this before we close today. And go to their Facebook page. They have launched their Facebook page now and um, go to the founder project and look up their Facebook group as well. And they are bringing civics to citizens. And I think I'm going to probably have a little bit more when I on another episode in the next couple of days to probably mention them more about the founder project. But I do just want to mention them right quick. So um, now um. Oh, now here I, is our interview with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. 
My name is Brian Bledsoe here at the NRA annual meetings and actually we just concluded the national prayer breakfast and the keynote speaker was um Lieutenant Colonel Allen West of the well he's the executive director of the National Policy Center and Analysis in Dallas, Texas. How you doing? I'm doing very well, Brian. Thanks for taking the time with me. Yes, and I also I want to say thanks for the kind words for your your endorsement for the new book, the um, Politics: The Clarion Call to Political Activism. Just want to thank you for that. No, it's an honor. I think that those ladies are doing an incredible job, and uh, we need to have those voices there out there. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a timely book, and especially even even though that we have more voices, you know, in majority and in the White House, this is not the time to get complacent. I think this is the time to really get into activism as opposed to just the past eight years. Well, I think that's the most important thing is you can't say that, you know, we've achieved any objective in the military. They teach you that after any successful attack, you have to prepare for the counterattack. And we definitely see that coming from the liberal progressive left. So uh, this is not about, you know, pulling back in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We have a very important midterm election cycles coming up in 2018, and we need to continue to go the right direction. And we need to put the pressure on the majority that is up there, the Republican majority in the House and Senate, and President Trump to do those things that they promised. Yes, and um, um, like I said, you are the... You were the keynote speaker, so and your speech was, I guess the subject was make ready. Um, for the people that didn't hear it, what, uh, what, was the, uh, what was it all about? Well, I talked about two things. Uh, you know, here at the at the NRA, you go back to the the battle there at Lexington Green. Uh, it was a small little skirmish, but you know, in the old days before they took aim, uh, the the command was to make ready, and so. When you think about those men who stood on that, uh, that field and the f- shot that they fired that was heard around the world, that was incredibly uh, important because it was about the, the starting of this great nation and our, independ- our individual liberties. But then you go back to millennia and you talk about what Jesus Christ did for us and how, you know, at the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, the Lord told him to make ready. And, you know, he said, you know, not my will, but your will. And so that gives us our spiritual freedom and our spiritual liberty. So I think it's very important to understand those sacrifices that were made that really established the Judeo-Christian faith heritage in this incredible constitutional republic that we have here. Yes, and it was a it was a great speech. I mean, I was then. Yeah. Um, now. Like I mentioned before, now that we have uh, Republicans in the majority of both houses and also have President Trump in the White House, uh, what are your expectations as far as now, given that we're here at the NRA annual meetings, as far as protecting the Second Amendment? Well, I think a couple of most important things is the national reciprocity needs to be taken care of. And really, I don't understand why we have to beg to have our Second Amendment right. It's in the Constitution, and it is a right. And the Constitution is our rule of law, or it is not. So uh, Friday, when I spoke at the uh, leadership forum, the ILA leadership forum, I talked about how you know, the Supreme Court decided in the Obergefell versus Hodges case that same-sex marriage was the law of the land. Well, they don't really have the ability to just create a new right and then, you know, tell all the states that you have to comply by this. And I find it very perplexing is that they said, using the uh, 14th Amendment equal protection on the law, that, you know, same-sex marriage has to be honored. But yet our Second Amendment rights aren't honored. So explain to me how you can have the right to health care, the right to own a home, the right to marriage, you know, the, the right to kill our unborn. But this right, the Second Amendment, that is part of our original Bill of Rights, you continue to have people on the left dismissing and denying it. Yes, um, um, yeah, we, 
actually I was there along with my parents at the um, leadership forum as well, and um, um, they definitely were, was impressed with your speech as well. And uh, also the general question I've been asking everyone is that why protecting the Second Amendment is so important? Well, the founding fathers were very smart, and again, understand that this country was started because we stood in the way of people that were coming to disarm us. That's why the British were there in Lexington heading on up to Concord, because that's where the the rebels, as they call them, were making muskets and ammunition. So that is who we are. You know, we, we believe in this right to be armed and not to be disarmed, because you go from being a citizen to a subject once you're disarmed. The other thing is that the founding fathers realized your freedom of religion, your freedom of speech, your freedom of press, your right to assemble, your right to petition your government for redress of grievances, all those First Amendment rights mean nothing if you don't have the Second Amendment. And all you have to do is look at Venezuela. You can see that. And um, well, also, I just thought about this. Um, you're also, uh, I guess, a part of uh, 22 Kill, the organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hashtag 22 Kill, which... It's appalling that, you know, those that are the best amongst us who are willing to give the last full measure of devotion to uh, secure our great nation, on average, 22 veterans a day are taking their lives in this country, and something has to be fixed. So I wear the uh, 22 kilo ring on my slew hand on my trigger finger to remind me of that. Okay, and um, well, well, what is it all in, I guess, in detail, the organization? I, I just thought of it just now because I, I remember that you, that you were part of it. Well, it's about bringing awareness because, you know, you walk around and you see people going by their everyday lives. I, don't, I think they're oblivious to some of the things that are happening in, uh, in our nation. And the fact that we have, you know, an average of 22 veterans a day taking their lives, that's a black eye on this nation. These are the people that we're supposed to be taking care of. And until we get a Veterans Administration that's doing right by our, uh, our men and women in uniform and, and those out of uniform, uh, we should not be happy with this. We should, not, again, not be complacent. Okay, and so what all, um, what else you have coming up as far as and how they reach you on social media? It's, uh, it's busy stuff. Uh, people can follow me personally at allenbwest.com, and then they can follow us at the National Center for Policy Analysis at ncpa.org.org. All right, thanks all right, so thanks much for your time. time. Thank, you, Brian. thank you, Brian. And thanks to Allen West for joining us. And just... Uh, Coming up at the end now, definitely um, we're going to have uh, Mossberg, Crossbury, Stephanie with Southpaw Tactical, and uh, Coley on the War. So, all right. To the, well, until tomorrow, we'll chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back 
with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.